As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Time now for the College Football Inquirer with Dan Wetzel. The American sports writer is not necessarily the uh, most put-together individual. <laughs> but Pete Thamel. They have bad cards right now. I'd, I'd love to play poker with the ACC right now. They have terrible cards. With SI's Pat Forty. If you're going to lose a rivalry game, by golly, then play the class card. They don't have as much class as we do. <laughs> Here's Pat, Pete, and Dan. All right, welcome to the pod. And uh, we got to get right to this story. Probably weren't aware that the Georgia Southern coach got fired or why, or that Georgia Southern had a football coach. We don't know. <laughs> but the video that emerged uh, really is everything we want in, in college football. <laughs> Here's the situation. Georgia Southern was set to play Louisiana. And uh, they have a tradition where they ride school buses over to the football facility or something to get dressed. They're only, and they kind of have a little pep rally before they all get on the school buses and ride to the game. We're talking like yellow school buses like you took in elementary school. Yeah. Like like well, green seats, the whole the thing. The Bluebird, Bluebird yeah. school bus, yeah. And uh, as they're leaving, wherever they're going, I don't know, whatever, Senior redshirt, nose tackle, uh, Gavin Adcock decided to climb on top of the bus and surf it. And then as he's surfing in front of the crowd of Georgia Southern fanatics, cheering him on, hyping him up for the big Louisiana game, someone chucked him a beer. He catches it and in a very athletic move, pops the top and chugs the beer while surfing the bus. It wasn't his first time. The, the, the moving bus, yes, that he's on top of. All-hands team, Gavin Adcock. Should have been on the all-hands team. <laughs> yeah. Could recover their onside kicks. Yeah. Needless to say, while we applaud it, at least I do, be careful on top of a bus. Not really maybe the best move. The administration was less excited about this video emerging of a student athlete literally drinking beer while surfing a team bus before the game. Before the game. <laughs> Hard to, like, what's the argument when you're a coach? You go, ah, well, see, let me explain the situation. <laughs> you see, yes, for motivational purposes, we put our <laughs> linemen up on top of the bus. And then, uh, yeah, it's uh, that's a little known tradition. We also have him chug a beer before the game, too. And then he plays. He did participate. Gavin Adcock <laughs> did play. Had a couple pops in him. Go out there and take on the Raging Cajuns. Can't imagine why they lost. <laughs> why coach, the coach was, was fired. fired. Gavin Adcock issued a uh, an apology to Eagle Nation. I want to reach out and express my deepest apology for my foolish actions on the bus this past Saturday. I want to apologize to the players, coaches present, and before me. 
who have paved the way for this great program and institution. This is a classic. Come out straight with your, you know, declare your thing, foolish, make an apology, then suck up to the people you're apologizing to. Yep. What I did was very selfish and is not what we are about here at Georgia Southern. Really? <laughs> Coaching staff does not condone that behavior. For the remainder of my time here, I'll do everything in my power to reassure my love and commitment to this amazing place. Hail Southern. So, Gavin, that, it's like, remember that apology the UNLV quarterback had to make oh, for yeah. appearing on the Bravo reality show yeah, below for deck? eating sushi off the model? Uh, yeah. 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 Yeah, sushi yeah. off a nude model. That was the most <laughs> disingenuous apology ever. <laughs> You're a UNLV quarterback. You should be eating sushi wherever the hell you want. If you're any good, you would. Sorry, I'm 19 and this really hot chick showed up naked and offered us sushi. And I ate the sushi. Like, if that's the worst thing you did that night, I'll go to you. I'm sorry. I, I besmirched the morals of Las Vegas by eating sushi yeah. off a nude model on Bravo. Anyway. Pat, your thoughts on uh, Busgate here? On many uh, on... thoughts, many many thoughts. Uh, <laughs> I bet. Discussed. First of all, the the pod backstory here is that Pete, you know, who's always grinding, always working, while we were taping the Overreaction Monday podcast, had to stop to break the news of the coach getting fired. So we at least knew that much about it, and then we find out now this glorious additional detail. It is. I have uh, motioned and I'm waiting for a a majority. Uh, decision here that we should like rename the actually I think Pete motioned it never mind I can't even take his glory there of uh renaming the the small sample Heisman the Gavin Adcock uh in favor in honor of this man surfing the bus drinking the beer before the game and then apologizing to Eagle Nation which I assume probably has a single zip code in it um <laughs> but I, like this is this is like one of the great moments in pod history it really is <laughs> There's other people showering the bus with beer, too. They're spraying yeah. beer at the bus. Yeah. If if this happened in a movie, if there was like some small college football movie like The Waterboy or whatever, and that scene was included, we'd all be like, there's no way a guy would crush a beer on the way to a game and then play. I don't believe it. Right? On top of the bus. On top of the bus. There's no way a nose tackle would catch, drink a beer or... Wow, the bus is moving. No way. <laughs> He's got his feet yeah. wide. Good base. Yeah. <laughs> he got no problems with this. Man. I mean, he just hammers this thing down. He's wearing his number 57 jersey. That's trouble. Can't say it wasn't <laughs> yeah. you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're you're kind of outed. Yeah. Maybe that's what they like do during the retro year, you know? <laughs> He's wearing shades and has a tremendous mullet. <laughs> this guy is fantastic. We need to sponsor him. Yeah. NIL deal. We do. We Gavin do. Gavin Adcock. That dude moves to the top of our, like, Bush Light six-pack NIL sponsorship uh, list. My man, Kayvon Pope, is now in the transfer portal. I'm sure a lot of teams will be jumping to grab him. Yeah. <laughs> they actually will. Like, I know, bring a will. player. Like, I, yeah, you think that's going to slow Akron down or whatever? <laughs> <laughs> you quit in the middle of a game. Forgiveness uh, is directly proportional to need. <laughs> <laughs> it's had a bad day i can't wait for that that's gonna be oh great. yeah yeah it happens he's an it emotional happens. player he's very passionate his emotions got away from him yeah f-u-c-c -C, ohio state okay i applaud the guy still do <laughs> but whatever all right well that's it from georgia southern very proud of georgia southern for making not just making the show but leading the show <laughs> that's a good point
right, I want to get to this. Atlantic Coast Conference. Things are um, not going so well. <laughs> Two undefeated teams in the ACC. One of them is Wake Forest. The other is Boston College. They're both 4-0. Clemson, two losses. North Carolina, two losses. Miami, two losses. Virginia, two losses. I would think those would be the next, the four teams. If you were going to say, who's going to win the ACC at the beginning of the year? Say Clemson. Well, no. And then it, you'd go with those other three, right? Probably yes. the next three favorites? No, they're not doing so well. The league is in, uh, you know, all due respect to Wake Forest and Boston College. Can they actually run the table here? Uh, is this the year the ACC? Let me ask this question. Pat, who wins the ACC? And is there a snowball's chance in Miami that any of these teams make the playoff? Or is this a year the ACC is like basically out? There is no chance the ACC is making the playoff because where are they going to get any good wins? I mean, they didn't have any good wins in the non-conference unless we're going to say Pittsburgh beating Tennessee counts or Boston College beating Missouri counts. So, I mean, they've got no good wins and no good teams. I don't care if BC <laughs> or Wake Forest is undefeated. I, I, I mean, maybe if they're undefeated, if they're 13-0, and 0, one of those two teams at the end of the day, but I don't see that happening. I mean, BC's going to be playing their backup quarterback the rest of the year. Wake Forest is, you know, making a lot out of what they've got, but, I mean... <laughs> Kenneth Walker might have been their best player. He left. He's at Michigan State now. I mean, good for them for being 4-0, and it's a pretty authoritative 4-0. But, I mean, I guess I would say right now, why not favor Wake Forest? But they've got to show me they can hold up in the trenches for a full season. You know, Clemson has ragdolled them up front. I know this isn't the same Clemson, but still, I, I, I want to see them, you know, stand up to that. And they got North Carolina, North Carolina State. NC State really might be the team to beat. Uh, as much as any there. But this league is O-U-T when it comes to the playoff. I, I did something in the 40-yard dash this week ranking the uh, the conferences and tried to make it really as data-driven as possible with uh, just with, with pure numbers. And it's Big Ten and SEC are way ahead of everybody else. Then the Big 12, and then there's a drop from the Big 12 to the ACC. And the ACC is a little bit ahead of, like, the Mountain West and the Pac-12 and the AAC, but not a lot. There ain't a lot of meat on that bone. So uh, I just don't see that league being much of a factor the rest of the way this season. So, Pat, do you, do you, do you think the ACC is a chance? You, I, I wasn't clear. <laughs> could you just could you, could you maybe just <laughs> drill down a little bit more and uh, you know, just, just make your point? No a good more wins, concise? no good teams. <laughs> that pretty much sums it up. That pretty much sums it up. So, as as you know, we sort of revel in this podcast in just the some of the inane and some of just how would I best put this? Just some of the like the random mess that can come out of this sport. And right now, the ACC is a beautiful random mess. I'm ready to I'm ready to declare Wake Forest the favorite. Wake Forest has beaten NC State 3 of the past 4 years. They lost in Raleigh by a field goal last year. The games in Winston-Salem. I mean, who would have thought that Wake going to Syracuse in 2 weeks would actually have like legitimate league ramifications on the line. Syracuse goes to I believe Florida State this week where I haven't looked at the odds, but I would assume they're favored. So 
good for Wake Forest. Here, here's what talking to people uh, a little bit this week about Wake has yielded is that their offense, you know, Warren Ruggiero is sort of their nutty professor or offensive coordinator. They run kind of like, like delayed run game a little bit. Ca- talking to a couple of coaches about Wake this week, their offense is just like a step ahead of everybody right now. They had Florida State on a string. I mean, Florida State had no uh, had no chance uh, going up against them. And look, no team in the country, you could argue, has benefited more from the super senior than Wake Forest. Age is their competitive advantage. Dave Clawson was very clear about that. Going into the season, they really thought that they had an edge. And with everybody else mediocre and minus in, in the league, I mean, Clemson just quite frankly isn't very good right now, especially on offense. North Carolina just got mauled at, uh, at at Georgia Tech. They've It's not that they've lost twice. It's just they've kind of like lacked a pulse and especially did in Atlanta the other night. So I, I think uh, your Demon Deacons and uh, podcast loyalist Dave Clawson are right now the ACC favorites, which I'm sure as he's listening to this, uh, I talked to him for takeaways uh, t- two weeks ago after the FSU win. I mean, Wake Forest beating Florida State by 21 didn't even like cause a ripple, which is the highest compliment you can ever make to Clawson that like he's made Wake Forest beating Florida State like mundane. So give them uh, give them a lot of credit. This is their Grobe year, right? This is their this is their shot. Everything's aligned. Let's uh, let's go Deeks. Can they make the playoff? I don't think they're gonna make the playoff. I don't think they're gonna make the playoff. I mean, the, the ACC is gonna have like a three loss champion. I yeah. know. Yeah, the ACC's yeah. not. Yeah, I want to be. Yeah, I, I I did not say it as concisely as Pat, but I wrote it this weekend. The ACC doesn't really have a chance. I mean, we'd have to go full two thousand seven. For, but I, I mean, Cincinnati and BYU are better positioned for the playoff than any ACC team right now. So I would have, I would have at least entertained BC if Phil Dracovic wasn't hurt. But I just have a really hard time seeing them, uh, seeing them run through with uh, Dennis Grissel. Yep. So obviously bitterness about the season so far at at Carolina uh, and Miami in particular. I think Virginia maybe a little less so, uh, and then Clemson is straight up. You know. Uh, some of their fans are uh, having a meltdown, you know, which I say there's only, it's only so long you can be like basically perfect. <laughs> Things happen. Right. Um, yeah. It's not your birthright, especially at Clemson. William, Coach William Christopher, you know, lay off him a little bit, you know, still may get Arch Manning and solve the whole problem, but uh, <laughs> we will see. If, if the ACC is, is, is likely out, that becomes a, I mean, that becomes a big thing. It, it certainly opens up some possibilities. We're going to get to Cincinnati in a minute and a couple other things. The Cincinnati Notre Dame game is sort of a, or certainly not a, it's not a play-in game, but it's a knockout game for one of those two teams. So that that one's going to be pretty interesting. But at the same time, on Wednesday, the the playoff, what some one of these playoff groups is meeting to to hash out the issues. Um, is this just another example of like? If you're the ACC, we went through it last week with the Big 12, like run to a deal. Like this is how easily you can just be eliminated. It's 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 one thing to look and go, oh, yeah, four is working great. You can become the Pac-12 real quick and be taken right out of out of interest. And this is why you need a path, not only so your champion gets in, but I think as a sport. So the idea that, you know what, yeah, Boston College can get in somehow or Wake right. Forest can get in somehow just because you haven't been good for 10 years. Doesn't mean if you put together some really good season, you don't get a chance to play. And, you know, it appears it's the bowl industry that's again getting in the way of this thing, both with the Rose Bowl demanding its its own co- television contract and refusing to move off the 5 p.m., 530 Eastern 
kick so that the sun sets at the beginning of the third quarter and not the beginning of the fourth quarter and wanting its own deal. And then all the other bowls saying, no, we want first round game action uh, are two of the major hurdles. Again, I don't know why anyone listens to the bowl games. You know, it's an utter mystery. These ADs make a lot more money now than they used to or getting a free set of golf clubs meant something. But <laughs> here we are. But uh, Patch, the ACC yeah. run at this. And, and what do we expect Wednesday out of this next next meeting of the playoff? Yeah, 100 percent. They should run to expansion. Everybody really but the SEC should run toward expansion. I mean, even the Big Ten's been left out of this thing before. Somebody said Saturday the ACC has been the Pac-12 plus Clemson. For the past seven years, you know, I mean, if they didn't have Clemson, they look a lot like the Pac-12s and now Clemson doesn't look like Clemson has. And guess what? They look even more like the Pac-12. So everybody that sits there in a tenuous position where the SEC is getting one bid and you're hoping you can get one of three and maybe the SEC is going to get two bids and you're hoping you could get one out of two, then... If that's what your deal is every year, then you better say, sign me up for a bigger playoff and sign me up now. The ACC is pretty interesting, right? Like they have the worst television deal potentially in the history of college athletics right now. They are basically handcuffed cement shoes until 2036. How are they going to create revenue? Well, you, I mean, how could they sit there with a straight face and be like, well, let's get shut out of the playoff. Let's not create revenue. Because we didn't like the process. Well, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Like, I, I, they have bad cards right now. I'd, I'd love to play poker with the ACC right now. They have terrible cards. Jim Phillips inherited, like, a two of spades and a five of hearts. And he's got to go play <laughs> poker with the big boys. It don't look good. So, I again, I really do feel like as we move on and as – as this season becomes 2007 redo and as we see some of these leagues get exposed for just not being very good, the pressure is really going to ratchet up week after week. It's going to be harder for them to kind of take a hard line against this, uh, against this playoff. My, my real belief is that rookie commissioner pushback for lack of a better way to put it is really just based on like them trying to dig their heels in a little and uh, and and bond together some and legitimize their their alliance. But the true obstacle is splitting the TV deal with ESPN and Fox, like we've talked about a bunch. And that is a that's real. And I believe all that, all the other stuff, winterized stadium, this and too many games that yeah, that's all right. that's all hogwash. You can figure that out. And Posturing. I mean, yeah, I I mean. I'm waiting for there's enough quiet sentiment to go tell the Rose Bowl to shove it. I, I don't know if that's the hill I want to die on right now if I'm Kevin Warren or George Klievkoff. Like, but that's just that's going to get a lot of a lot of noise. I, I just don't know uh I don't know the reality of the Rose Bowl as obstruction. It's a fun thing to bring up, how real that is when the when the chips are really down, if if the Rose Bowl has enough clout to really get in the way. They're trying. Oh, I know. Oh yeah, I know. Uh, all right, let's get to a real beef here. Real fight. We like this bad blood in the, uh, iron skillet, right? The iron skillet. That's what they hand out between TCU and SMU. It, it's practical. You can make breakfast in it the next day. I mean, it's, it's perfect, one of the right? best trophies for Absolutely. that reason. It's not just some massive, like Paul Bunyan that you gotta like <laughs> yeah. carry. I mean, how, what do you do with that? That's thing? a vehicle for making bacon. It's perfect. I mean, <laughs> yeah, you can make a ribeye, you can make eggs, you can really go a uh, good eggs iron and skillet. Ribeye. Yeah, and they're making beef now, baby. 
<laughs> well, uh, there's a big, big anger between SMU and TCU, which there always is. Yeah, it's great. There was a scuffle. There was a kerfuffle. There was a scuffle. There was a fight after Saturday's game between the two programs in Fort Worth. Uh, and the issue, well, there was multiple uh, issues, but mainly the SMU players tried to plant their flag at the middle of TCU Stadium. And, you know, that's just a that's just a no, no. And a fight erupted and uh, TCU special assistant Jerry Kill diagnosed with a concussion after getting knocked over twice during the fight, once by his own player. <laughs> Coach Kill is fine. So that's good. Back at work. But uh, Gary Patterson, the TCU coach, was not happy at all. Let's see. Here's some good quotes from the Fort Worth Star-Telegram. Uh, he pointed that uh, it was uh, it was all planned beforehand by the SMU program. You don't think it was planned? They had a media person from their offices out there filming the flag getting set in the middle of the field. <laughs> Got to get your content. <laughs> SMU football. It's okay, but don't tell me there wasn't a plan somewhere there. A guy got hurt. That's why I'm upset about it. Uh, he got pushed down by one of our kids once on film in the middle of it, and he got hit because I've got proof to show it. At the end of the day, it was SMU, TCU. I can't substantiate it, but at the end of the day, it wouldn't have happened if we didn't have the flag situation. So uh, we got the, the old, I mean, this is a classic. They've been fighting over flag plantings for a long time in college football. And then there was a, a, a separate thing where SMU football uh, released sort of a, a mocking cover of a Gary Patterson country song that he wrote during COVID. Uh, if you recall this, you didn't know. Gary Patterson, to me, is only good at two things. That's coaching defense and wearing mock black turtlenecks. Um, <laughs> and hitching up his khakis during a game. <laughs> He's the all-time pant hitcher-upper in college football. Okay, There's that, too. He is very good at that. Got to admit. Uh, but he, he also has some musical styling. Sully, will you play the Gary Patterson song, Take a Step Back, that was a, a pro, like, Let's rally the troops to fight COVID. So it had good meaning. Take a step back. Take a look at your life. Hug your children. Kiss your wife. Know your neighbor. Leave the keys in your truck. Do yourself a favor. Try your luck. Take a step back. Take a step back. Take a step back. Take a step back. Everybody stop, we Take uh, that is Gary Patterson singing? Yeah, yeah Gary did some singing. He's done some singing over the years. Yeah, right. there's been a couple, like, this. kind of features on Gary and his little musical uh, affinity. I mean, not not terrible. It's very country. No. They they mentioned yeah. a pickup truck in the second line. I mean, that's <laughs> like, that, isn't that the rule? You got to, basically, they're out there doing Applebee's jingles as country <laughs> music songs these days. <laughs> Merle Haggard would just 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 wants to cry at what happened to country music. Let's let's Merle, make an Merle Haggard would renounce the package. genre now. Well, whatever. So then SMU football said they took a step back and released a little 30-second cover video mocking TCU after the defeat. Gary uh was not happy about that at all. They hate you cuz they take a song that you wrote about COVID and getting back to families and they make fun of you. If I had the time, I'd go out and get all the copyright laws and I'd get after their ass. But I've got the Longhorns on my mind now, not them. I'm glad they keep substantiating our existence of where we're at and how we do things. 
Gary Patterson has clearly reached that rare level of like Jim Beheim. I don't care. And I will just say whatever is on my mind and I will have no repercussions because there's a statue of me and I can sound like as big of an idiot as possible. And I know that nobody's going to say, hey, Gary, tone it down. So, I mean, this like I love the the, well, the, the Fort Worth Star-Telegram article Dan just referenced. They, like, the, God bless the writer. He didn't have to write anything. It's just Gary. It's like rants. <laughs> Let him go. Short transition rants. Like, just, it yeah. completely makes no sense. Flag planting conspiracies and social media <laughs> nonsense. Win the game, Gary. Win the game. Just stop. Is there really game. a copyright infringement on that song? I mean, <laughs> yeah. really? Yeah. <laughs> not exactly hey jude man like you know <laughs> <laughs> the best thing was this. if you remember good like go back to when when baylor was rolling hot and would beat tcu <laughs> gary would have a little meltdown like this after they would lose to baylor and gary would yeah. rail about the lack of class you know or cheap shots yeah. or something he would find some reason to be mad at baylor and, you know, that this is, I mean, football in Texas, but that <laughs> substrata beneath Texas and Texas A&M where they all just backbite each other, you know, SMU, yeah. TCU, Vicious. Baylor, Texas Tech, Houston. Oh, it's it's phenomenal. I uh, did a little engagement in Fort Worth back in August, and I did ask for a show of hands for people. How many are Texas fans? And it was about a third of the room. And then I said, how many of you hate the Texas fans? And the other two thirds shot their hands up immediately. <laughs> but, but amongst that two thirds, it was like, oh, the TCU guys and the SMU guys were taking shots at each other. I mean, it's it's a beautiful thing. I, I, I do have to say football in Texas, they embrace the petty and they get insulted by the petty when the when they're on the wrong end of the petty. There are a bunch of Bravo housewives and Gary Patterson is a Kardashian. <laughs> That's what this is, right? He's the biggest drama queen of a bunch of infighting drama queens. I, was I get upset. it. I feel bad for Jerry Kill. That guy's had a lot going against him. But like one yeah. of his own players did half the damage. Like, <laughs> the article, this Fort Worth Telegram article is a gem. We could we could have just <laughs> analyzed this article the entire podcast. But at one point he said there's something to the effect of like Patterson wouldn't confirm his own player did it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's looking at the all 22 and trying to figure it out. I was, this is a quote, I was upset at our guys for fighting, but then, like I told them on Sunday in our team meeting, I was proud of them. The bottom line to it is that you've got, you're supposed to do, that's what you're supposed to do at the end of the day. You're supposed to defend what we've all worked for and what we do and how we do things. And I would expect if my kids acted that way at SMU, I would expect them to act the same way if they try to do it at their stadium. Don't tell me you don't know the plan. That's all I'm going to say to you. Don't he goes on for about five more paragraphs. <laughs> don't tell me within your office, your coaches, you don't know a media person is going to go over there and video a flag being planted. Don't tell me that nobody knows what's going on, all that stuff going on you want to hate us because we want hate us that's a good thing uh, that's, that's like the kind of rant that a coach would make before the internet and youtube and it would just be like a little fodder for the beat writer and it would go away yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh it's beautiful it's yeah, wow. never never that's change you. gary keep it's keep on kardashian keep it on that's, you know what smu won 42 34 if you're gonna you lose a rivalry game by golly then play the class card they don't have as much class as we do. <laughs> <That's always it. laughs> 
we, we, we love the act. Yeah, we love the petty on this podcast. We embrace the petty. We encourage the petty. This is like the standard bearer for petty. <laughs> two uh, two huge games in the uh, SEC this weekend. There's a few others. Actually, pretty interesting SEC. But let's chat about these. Let's go right to uh, number 12 Ole Miss at number one Alabama. Lane Kiffin is uh, is is out there trolling all week, different things. He's, he's, he's fired up. His game is on. Huge matchup. Uh, this was a fireworks show last time. Ole Miss, you know, was able to stay in it with them. I actually think both teams' defenses are better this year, and I would not expect that many. It's just to be a, a track meet, but I think Ole Miss is dangerous for Alabama because I think Ole Miss is going to score some points, and and we've seen not, we've seen from Alabama so far that they can do it. There's no reason for concern, but you still have to do it. Pat, what are your thoughts? We're going to pick the games, of course, later in the week on the race for the case. But your thoughts on this entire scene and how big of a game this is and how quickly Lane Kiffin has brought a program that was reeling when he took over back to real prominence. Yeah, super impressive. You know what? I mean, he was actually he was smart to take that job because he had a quarterback there in Matt Corral. He actually had two of them, him and John Reese Plumley, and they've made Plumley a more of a receiver now because Corral is too good to get out of there. So he had that. And he's like, I, I can build an offense, all right. And then after a bad year defensively, now they've improved on that side of the ball significantly so far. I, I still think I think this could end up being a track meet. I really do. I think both teams are going to be able to exploit. Uh, the other defensively. And this is the game, like, if you're Lane Kiffin and he's out, he's, like, tweeting things from the Dalai Lama. I mean, like, the mind games are just going to be endless from him this week. He thinks about, I, my, this is my guest, he thinks about Alabama and or the Egg Bowl 50 weeks of the year, at least a little bit, maybe 51, you know? And, like, he takes one week off maybe in the spring from not thinking about Alabama and how I can stick it to Saban and if there's any way I can beat Saban. So... They will be as prepared as humanly possible. That's not to say Alabama won't be, but you want to talk about a game that's been circled, at least in the mind of the head coach, all offseason? This is it. I expect it to be really good. Looking forward to it. I mean, this this should be high, high entertainment, uh, I think. And even, you know, I, it's a new coaching staff, new regime and everything, but the one team that caused Nick Saban as much consternation as anybody other than Auburn under Gus is was Ole Miss under Hugh. Nick Saban does not like losing to Ole Miss, and he did it twice, back-to-back, 14 and 15. Yeah, I think, you know, to go back to Lane from the macro, I think he was smart to take the Ole Miss shot because Ole Miss was going to embrace Lane for his full laneness. They were going to embrace all his petty, all his warts, all his... Oh my God, I can't help myself. Is that a phrase? Like the the all the tweets, the old Miss fan base beaten down by the NCAA, beaten down by being sort of a, a just a, a second tier SEC West team for so long has embraced Lane's sort of inner provocateur. They have risen together right from that Lane Train video that they released when they when they hired him in the middle in the middle of FAU winning Conference USA's championship. If you remember that, um, yeah, all the way uh, all the way through. But but God bless Lane. He's kind of found himself right, like found a place where he can be himself. He runs an unbelievable offense. They have. Uh, you know, they have really good players. DJ Durkin's done a nice job sort of taking that defense from like completely hapless and putrid to just generally bad, right? Like that was a huge step up 
for them to just be like a mediocre to bad defense it was a giant step forward for Ole Miss. And look, like Lane, you know, runs the kind of offense where you're never going to have a, you know, you're never going to have Army's defensive numbers, right, with the tempo they play at and everything. So, yeah, I'm, I, I was surprised the line was as big as it is, and I guess the game is in Tuscaloosa, but I really think Lane's going to give this Alabama defense some some fits. I mean, they they did last year when when Bama had some more talent. We'll uh, we'll we'll pick the game in in the race later in the week. But this is uh, this is prime Lane time right now, and he is uh, he he's embracing it all. And I mean, shoot, who that game is going to do a huge number. Uh, Lane is his own, you know. Lane almost transcends Old Miss in a lot of ways, just with what he's what he's become. So God, uh, God bless him. And if Ole Miss jumps up fourteen nothing in that game, the entire college football world is going to be on the edge of their seat the rest of the afternoon. Here's Lane Kiffin on Twitter this week. This is a quick rundown, basically. Tweets uh, somewhat angrily, or, or at least disappointingly, at uh, game day not coming to the Alabama game. They're going to the Arkansas Georgia game, uh, so he trolls them. Uh, congratulations, Eli Manning, on uh, on his getting his uh, number retired by the Giants. There's a Bible verse, recruiting stuff where he's flying around. A picture, a, a video of the fans in Alabama singing Dixieland Delight. Okay, uh, a, a random story that says Lane Kiffin has a chance to beat uh, Saban, uh, which he then declares so much rat poison. <laughs> uh, a T-shirt that makes fun of him. There's a couple other things. Uh, a video of his son uh, Knox walking through the grove that kind of looks like he's staring at a bunch of girls. Then more congratulations to Eli Manning. Another a pic, someone else doing I, I love the Manning family because of the Manning cast. Twice he retweets that and says, me too. Everything's about the Mannings, of course, and, and mm-hmm. Arch Manning. And don't, don't forget, speaking of Arch Manning, he only follows Arch Manning on Instagram. Only yes, follows, follows Arch Manning on Instagram. And then he asked Katy Perry to come to the game sa- uh, Saturday. Like, that. this is... <laughs> And the Dalai Lama, all of that. I mean, it's unbelievable. Where was the Dalai Lama in there? It was like Monday. It's like, let's, you know, don't be angry. Don't spend your time being angry. Oh, right, right. A quote, yeah, quote yeah. a Dalai Lama, and then he yeah. and then he brags about he once let Sebastian Janikowski attempt a 76-yard yeah. field goal when he was with the Raiders, <laughs> which uh, did not succeed, and then he was fired two days later. That was one of the great. I'm you love that, fired anyway. You love that yeah. 76-yard field goal. That's that was one of, one of my favorites. <laughs> yes. At the at the end of the half, take the 76-yarder. 76. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Ah, uh, great times. All right. The other big SEC game that is now, I know we all had circled before the season, uh, is Arkansas at Georgia. I mean, look, at this point, Arkansas has got a better resume than Georgia. I don't know if they got a better team. We did not think Georgia was going to have a whole lot of interesting games this year. Now you got this mm-hmm. one and the cocktail party. Thoughts on whether the Hogs can keep the magic up? Um, I mean, I'm look. There's there's nothing to point to with Arkansas and say, ah, oh, it's it's fake, it's fraud. I mean, it's solid. Their wins have been thorough. Uh, you know, they beat the crap out of Texas. They handled A and M easily. They have not allowed a point in the first quarter this season. Barry Odom, uh, as Pete alluded to on the previous pod, you know, like a great defensive coordinator who's doing great work. They're physical. They're making big plays. K.J. Jefferson's been better than I thought he would be throwing the ball. They've hit, been able to hit some downfield throws. They've got some, some game-breaking talent. And then defensively, they're, I mean, they're hitting people. They, they are solid. Now, I think they're about to run up against the defense, and I think it's going to be a lot harder for them to do much offensively against them. But 
up to this point, look, Arkansas belongs where they are, if not higher in the rankings, and and belongs in this game be as a big game, you know, opponent for sure. Yeah, I mean, if there was a a place where you would worry about someone matching up with Georgia, it would be on the lines, right? Georgia's obviously, especially their defensive line, is elite. Georgia's offensive line is just okay, I think. But, like, their defensive line and their defensive front is as good in the sport as there is right now. But Arkansas has gone toe-to-toe with one mediocre program in the Big 12 and then one high-end SEC program that was supposed to have a very good defensive front, and they did not flinch. So uh, I have no reason to think that they're going to flinch on the road. Arkansas has not played a true road game, correct? The Texas game was home. They did play a neutral site game at Jerry World. I'm still like a pinch scarred standing on the sideline with Cincinnati the other day and then just seeing some teams go on the road and just totally melt that maybe there is like a little bit of a difference. Maybe their operation changes, but they're solid. Yeah, I think that game is going to be ugly and and low scoring and, you know, nobody loves to win a game 14 three like Kirby Smart. So that I, I have I, I have not decided who I'm gonna pick yet, but I uh that game is not going to be aesthetically pleasing. It will be uh it will be a game for the grump. All right. The other big one, Notre Dame hosting Cincinnati. Again we'll pick all these later in the week and race for the case. This is Cincinnati's big moment. They win this game. They've got a they're still in this running. We already mentioned the AC season trouble. It takes out one. Certainly the pack of the Big 12 does not. We'll see what Oklahoma can still do if they can run it. But at this point, you'd need Oklahoma. I think Baylor's undefeated. Oklahoma State's undefeated and actually looking decent, too. But you'd, you'd need an undefeated team probably out of that league. So uh, there's possibilities here. Also, Notre Dame gets by Cincinnati. You know, who knows? Nobody thinks it's a great team, but they can win all their games. And that that would certainly be an interesting one. So, uh, Pete, let's start with you. I know you got a lot on Cincinnati. Uh, thoughts on this weekend, just what this game means in terms of, you know, not necessarily who's going to win, but just what it means for these two programs. Sure. And uh, I got a story running uh, Tuesday afternoon on Yahoo where I spent six days with the Bearcats and really dialed into all this. But I think the thing that's most striking, Dan, for Cincinnati to have this moment being favored at Notre Dame is how much stuff had to come together. The confluence of different things for Cincinnati to have this moment. Luke Fickle needed to stay. Desmond Ritter needed to come back. They needed to have a big season last year to be put in position to do this. They needed to, you know, they played really well against Georgia. Georgia hit a go-ahead 50-something yard field goal with three seconds left to to win that game. They led Georgia by double digits going in the fourth quarter, which in a lot of ways validated Cincinnati as a contender more so than winning the AAC and going undefeated last year. So, All of these things lined up. They needed to have scheduled, you know, you scheduled these, what, eight years in advance or whatever. You need to have scheduled the game at Indiana. Indiana had to be good for the first time in, you know, a century. Then they had to go there and win, despite playing poorly for much of the first half, win pretty impressively at at the end of the day. They won by two touchdowns. So this is Cincinnati's moment where all these cosmic things had to align for them to have it. Now, they are in the Big 12, and they are showing that they could really be a contender. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if five years from now, Cincinnati and Central Florida are the two best programs in the Big 12. Like, would that really shock anyone, considering the natural resources, especially if they can keep fickle? Uh, probably the most interesting thing 
in that story was Fickle saying to me that the Big 12 is really energizing for him. Like the reason he has stayed at Cincinnati is he felt like he could continue to improve it. This is an opportunity for Cincinnati to continue to improve. And he did not mince words that it's incumbent on Cincinnati's administration, put up facilities and give the support needed for Cincinnati to continue to grow. And that would certainly be incentivize him to stay there. It's a, a really unique situation. He could have gone to Michigan State, bunch of SEC teams called with some of those bad jobs. No offense, Sully, that opened the past couple of years and he has stuck around. The school has now risen to a level where he could kind of keep going and maybe not leave unless it's an elite, elite Notre Dame, Ohio State, Penn State kind of uh, kind of a job where, where Cincinnati is. So uh, it was an exciting kind of time to be around that program. It was fun to see them build to this moment. I mean, the, the big storyline kind of locally will be Marcus Freeman, the, the really talented young defensive coordinator, left Cincinnati to go to Notre Dame. They essentially tripled his salary, right? Like, I mean, they really... You know, they really paid a, a ton of money to get him. And that's the, the the drawback at Cincinnati is you can't defy gravity forever. Well, now they're now they got Big 12 money coming in now that they could maybe afford facilities. Maybe you can become the second high end Ohio team in the sport. I mean, there's certainly enough talent around there to support that. So uh, really interesting moment in time for Cincinnati and the other confluence. And I'll stop rambling here is that the seas have parted in front of them, Right. Clemson, for the first time in six years, isn't going to make the playoff. Ohio State's defense is a bucket of average, to be polite. The, the teams that we count to, to make the playoff and compete for the playoff really aren't there. So it's it's sort of like the the Red Sea is parted for the Bearcats right now. And uh, I mean, this is their this is their moment. They need to seize the moment. They need to command the moment and really go put on a show. And and if they do, I, I think, you know, they they finished they, the highest they got was seven in the uh, CFP last year. And then they got bumped a two loss team and a three loss team and finished ninth in the final standings before they lost in the bowl game. So an undefeated team was getting jumped by two teams with multiple losses. They now so there is there was a glass ceiling put very distinctly on Cincinnati by the jalapeno cream corn set there in uh at the Grapevine Marriott or wherever they stay. So the the road though this season is a lot wider for uh for Cincinnati to creep up and they need a definitive statement on Saturday to uh to seize the moment. Yeah, I can't wait. I mean, I I think that this is uh, a super intriguing game. I mean, think about just think about the fact that Cincinnati is going to play undefeated Notre Dame in Notre Dame Stadium, and Cincinnati is favored. That would I that would never have happened in the history of football before. I I feel confident in saying. But this year, four and zero Notre Dame doesn't look that great, and four and zero Cincinnati, three and zero Cincinnati. They've had an off week. Is getting a lot of respect that they earned over years of building. To Pete's point of of stockpiling talent, of retaining your star coach, and having this chance. And so, you know, they go into this absolutely with a great shot to win what could be one of the biggest victories in school history and put themselves squarely in playoff contention. Uh, as Pete mentioned, obviously, Clemson and the ACC, we pretty well think is out of the playoff. Ohio State has a home loss on its resume. We'll see what happens with the rest of the Big Ten. Big 12 has been lackluster. Pac-12 lackluster unless Oregon runs the table. So the opportunity is there like it's rarely been. One quick thought on Cincinnati and the and the facilities. And yes, if you are Luke Fickle, you push for everything right now. This is your chance to push for it. Cincinnati may just have to say, 
I don't know how, but we'll figure it out. But there's no place in that footprint to put anything. You know, we've been there to that school. It's a neat little campus with a very cool little stadium, but it is all wedged into this very small urban area. If they're going to build something, I don't know where the hell they're putting it. Uh, you know, if you, if you got to put everybody on a bus to go to a new facility or something for practice, that might be the case. But still, it's one of those moments where if you're Cincinnati, you say, we'll figure it out. We got to get to Fat Bear Week. Uh, yes. Remember last, this is a tradition on the pod. The Katmai National Park and Preserve in Alaska uh, sponsors Fat Bear Week, where we have uh, the contenders, which bears have gotten fattest over the summer for the hibernation. And then they have uh, the fans of Fat Bear Week vote on their uh, on their website. The website is explore.org slash fat dash bear dash week. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I won Fat Bear Week last year by picking the right winner, 747. 747 was the uh, was the champ last year. And I think this should be a keeper draft. I don't think I should have to give uh, no, up. No, 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 no. This is not a keeper draft. <laughs> You're just going to draft my guy. You can't draft this... my guy. You went with, like, Walker or something. Yeah, well, Walker, first the of all. The, uh, the 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 amount of corruption that's gone into Fat Bear Week on this <laughs> podcast, you wanted the vote to matter for the race for the case. Yes. It was one, Dan, Dan was scuffling was... last season early in the year, and he tried to he tried to make the Fat Bear contest count for the race for the case. <laughs> and now he wants it to be a was... keeper league. Forget it. That's, keeper that's league. all-time low podcast moment, even for you, Dan. You can't steal my 747, my <laughs> beloved brother-in-arms up there. We're going to vote the in cat. alphabetical order, right? Yeah. 40 Sullivan Family Wetzel. First name. First name first alphabetical. Name, first name. <laughs> uh, whatever. <sighs> you guys, that's low dog stuff. That's all I'm saying. All right. We have some contenders. 32 Chunk. Uh, 128 is Grazer. Number 131 doesn't have a name. Spring Cub, Walker, Holly. Holly, we would like her. She was a she was a finalist, wasn't she last year? I believe I believe Holly lost in the final last year to 747. Yeah. Otis, Popeye, yeah. 747, 812, 503. A couple of just I don't know why. Well, 747 doesn't need a name. That is his name. <laughs> anyway, pick your bear, and I'll read some of the details about that bear. And don't take my bear. Bad Pat. <laughs> I look, I'm just going by the pictures this year, and I, I think 747 is beatable. I, I don't think he had a great year at the dining table. You know, I <laughs> whatever. Whatever. I uh I, right, I good, picked good. I, I picked poorly with Chunk last year. Uh Chunk didn't come through for me. <laughs> I want Walker just with the absolute massive rear end on Walker. I, I'm I'm taking him, him, her, He's whatever a, the case. A large adult male. Him. So, so that's a big boy right there, man. Walker yep. is a big old thing. Yep. No Give question. me Walker. Uh, estimated to weigh 1,000 pounds in <laughs> last year. Appears to be larger this year. Yeah, baby. All right. That's my boy. All right. He's a frequent user of Brooks Falls. He prefers to fish in the far pool. All right. There you go. Uh, Sully, you want to make your pick? I'm going with a grizzled veteran here. He looked pretty <laughs> slender in this picture from July, but woo! boy has he put on some weight the write-up says he has a relatively high salmon catch rate as a result he <laughs> he won the fat bear the inaugural fat bear contest in 2014 and was also a champion in 16 and 17 i'm going with my man otis yeah. 
He's Otis was slim on July 26th, according he, to this He looks part. grim there. Yeah, I'd be worried about him yeah. in July. My bear doesn't have a name, but I think I want Big 503. Or maybe oh. I should take Pop Popeye on. That's the Cincinnati. Chicken. You're a big Cincinnati guy. You take yeah. the 503. Yeah, 503's Portland. 503's Portland. 513 is Cincinnati. Oh, oops. All right. I know. I'm taking 747. Who am I kidding? Oh, I mean, go. look at 747. That thing <laughs> that thing makes our uh Georgia Southern nose tackle look like an Instagram model. I mean, the 747 <laughs> is just massive. I mean, he's been around since 2004. He's a skilled and efficient <laughs> angler, according to the bio. Yeah. It's my bear. It's like you like stealing Gary Patterson's song. I'm going to get <laughs> copyright on your ass. Like Gary Patterson. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with, uh, I don't know. I was going to go with, I guess, Popeye, but I'm not going to do that. Hell, I'll go with Miss Holly. Screw it. Miss Holly, not afraid. Show some girth. <laughs> just blonde ears blonde fur and a pale tan colored claws <laughs> by early autumn she's usually very fat <laughs> Love this. all right i'm taking holly the, we're gonna win it holly's coming back for the victory we'll see she was the 2019 winner so she's got it in her arsenal uh, I do think that experience too of getting through the bracket helps you the next time around you know f- future years <laughs> It is true. She's like Gonzaga. She's knocking at the door. Exactly. You know? Yeah. So, All right. Um, we have all spent some time in uh, press boxes through the years. Many press boxes. <laughs> this story uh, popped up. Uh, many people sent it to us. Uh, it comes from Pleasant Grove, Alabama. Police in Alabama say a man was discovered last week sleeping in, in, a, in a high school press box in a pile of chicken fingers and meth. <laughs> <laughs> so many questions. Uh, so many questions. Uh, 37-year-old Matthew Williamson was charged with unlawful breaking and entering a vehicle and theft of property. He was transported to Jefferson County Jail, stole a car in Hueytown, and then hid it in Pleasant Grove. Un- the funny part is uh, there was a report of an unknown person breaking into the concession stand of the Pleasant Grove Athletic Department. Uh, the next morning, police, police really hustling over there. Uh, the next morning, Williamson was found sleeping in the press box amid a pile of chicken fingers, chips, candy, and meth. Pat, <laughs> what were you doing on uh, September 20th? Where are your whereabouts? <laughs> I've seen some messy things in press boxes before. I, <laughs> yeah. I, I cannot say that I have seen a, a, a pile of meth in the press box. I, <laughs> I, will, I don't know if I know what a pile box, of meth would look like. No, I don't. I can't say either. I, I don't know. This may be the new the new press box low. This was press box <laughs> lore that I was told happened. I did not witness this personally, but supposedly, allegedly, a game in the swamp, a night game between an SEC team and Florida, where the other SEC team was pounded into submission, and between the third and fourth quarters, the one of the beat writers for the visiting team, who apparently was hammered drunk during the game, allegedly was urinating on the wall between the urinals. He was not in front of an actual <laughs> urinal, but he was putting it elsewhere. So that was that was the previous low for press box behavior. I think adding meth to the occasion here makes this the, the new low. <laughs> meth makes Matthew everything Williamson? better. Yeah. Was it Matthew Williamson? Is that guy? <laughs> yeah. I 
I, I have no comment. No, no, it was not. It was not this guy. It was not the guy who's allegedly involved here. Uh, but I, okay. I can't confirm the story, so I, I won't name names. It's a good Let's story, though. I think I know who that story is about. That's, I, will, I, will, I will not. I will not. Probably I will not, not that do. hard to figure out in our. Business. Yeah, I will not. Uh, I will not. I will not chirp. But so I was disappointed that the chicken fingers were potentially stolen from the concession stands. I wanted our guy to have like gone through and bought from raisin canes from Popeye. I wanted him to like have have a stake in the chicken war. Um, I wanted a declaration in the chicken war. And uh, yes, Sully, uh, we were our, our very high intellect group text was going back and forth about this. Might have been even been some Twitter uh, Twitter chatter. Sully theorized that they were just chicken uh, chicken fingers from there. Imagine that really want to have chicken fingers and they're frozen. Whew, that'd be a bummer. <laughs> a million questions. I mean, one is is do you have to get to Pleasant Grove? to hide out in a in a in a press box so badly that you need to steal a car to get there. <laughs> yeah, if you're going to steal a car, you might want to end up somewhere else. I don't know. There's got to be some pretty good chicken fingers. You stole a car in Hueytown, uh, Alabama. Like Jameis Winston's they, hometown. Jameis Winston's hometown. Does uh, yeah. do they not have a press box I, you could pass out in? I mean, you would think. You could you smoke some meth. <laughs> Why? And now, it's only a couple miles to Pleasant Grove. That's another. Like, you're going to go to prison because you were too lazy to walk like four miles <laughs> from Hueytown to Pleasant Grove. Little, little disappointed our friends at AL.com, and we, we love AL.com. They do a great job. Little disappointed they haven't dug up a few more details for us here. The people need That's to know. That's true. They usually seize this, these sort of opportunities. Yes. yes, they see a good viral story, and they, they flood the zone. Yeah. Steal the car and head to California. I don't know. Steal the car. Like, I, I, I got to see my girlfriend. Something. Like, you Gulf stole of Mexico, a car. Yeah. Also, you could you could break in and get, like, probably frozen, uncooked <laughs> chicken fingers, <laughs> candy, and smoke meth in a, in a high school press box. I'm just confused. I'll give the guy credit. I think he was smart enough to think baseball press box because it's not baseball season. Who's going to look for him? He might have had, you know, months on the lamb in there until they start baseball season. You know, <laughs> There's nobody looking I mean, around a high school. Yeah. Like they just no one's concerned when they, I mean, do you see the picture of this guy? Oh, I saw mm. the picture. Yeah. 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 I mean, look, the press, the, the American sports writer is not necessarily the, uh, the most put together individual. <laughs> but, <laughs> We ain't that bad. We ain't yeah. that bad. Yeah, yeah, right. This this would yeah, be we're a not new paragons low, even of, for our profession. Yeah. We're not paragons of fitness or fashion, but we don't look like that. Yeah, we're doing a little. At least most of us are not on meth. Um, <laughs> all right. One last bit before we uh, remember it will be around Thursday. Great review uh, on our. Please review our, our, our podcast. It was a great review. Uh, Listen to every episode. This is on our reviews. This pod is my guilty pleasure, and I say that as a preacher. Uh, always a little scary when men of the cloth or women of the cloth are uh, are, are are listening. Got to keep my uh, keep myself on the rails here. Still trying to get the host to become Presbyterian. If Dan ever shows up to the church I serve, I'll put bush light in his communion cup. <laughs> <laughs> And it's a strong if, offer. If we, yeah, strong if, we have some new, offer. if we have some new listeners, when Kevin Kelly took the Presbyterian job, we were so excited that Dan pondered mm. conversion. 
And then we heard a bunch from our different Presbyterian listeners. We 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 yeah. welcome listeners of all cloth. And uh, yes, but this is this guy threw down the gauntlet. I mean, I, I almost think Dan. And where, where is he from? It's like Georgia, like Sandy Springs, Georgia. Sandy Springs. Yeah, isn't yeah. that like the fictional place, Dan, where you like think every quarterback's from? Isn't that like your? Yeah, yeah, that's like. Don't you just say it must be from Sandy Springs? Yeah, he's like he's a, you know, 2023 that's prospect nice. from Sandy Springs. Yeah, no, I mean, I could go to Sandy Springs and drink Bush Light on Sunday morning in the communion cup. Yeah. I mean, this is a real offer. You <laughs> yeah. know, is this that. a committable offer? Like, this yeah. isn't just like we're spraying it out because Troy offered him and George Southern offered him. If this is a committable offer, we have to talk here. You're going to get your seven on seven coach on this, Dan. You know, you might have to. I might have to. All right. We'll be back uh, later this week with our picks in the race for the case. Appreciate everyone listening. Talk to you later. Some people just know there's a better way to do things, like bundling your home and auto insurance with Allstate, or hiring someone to move your piano instead of doing it yourself. So do things the better way. Bundle home and auto and save up to 25% with Allstate. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.